to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 11th of June 2017, entitled, Who Are You? And the Bible reading is taken from Acts chapter 19, verses 11 to 20. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. We're going to be taking our reading from Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 11 and reading down through verse 20. Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. They counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Father, thank you this evening. Lord, as we take these next moments to look into your word, Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Give us that which is needed here this evening, not because that, Lord, this man that stands in the pulpit has any great wisdom to share, but because of the Jesus Christ that lives and dwells within us. It is him that we want to magnify here this evening. So use this time, Father. Speak to hearts the very words that need to be spoken and help us to be responsive in Christ's precious name. Amen and amen. I want to think on these words that you find there in verse 15. The evil spirit said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. But who are you? Who are you? I want to ask you that simple question this evening. Who are you? You see, each and every one of us as unique individuals, we all, we all are people that are identified ourselves and each and every one of us, your identity is certain. It is you and there's absolutely nobody in the world that has your specific identity. We say that people oftentimes are identified in all kinds of different ways. We use names to identify people. You know, I look back there and I can start calling names. There's Peter and there's Andrew and there's Daniel and there's Alex and there's Megan. And we could go right down the list. And the thing is, is that you know who I'm talking about because I am identifying them by their name. But if I said Jane, you're not going to have any earthly idea who I'm talking about. Because we got two Janes back there. So that name identifies, but it only partially identifies. But there's other things. Then we have those, those surnames, the families that we come from. You would know if I said Jane Curtis or if I said Jane Blackburn that I'm talking about two different people and their identities are different. We also hear this evening there are other things that identify us. I look back there, and as far as I know, you know, some of you at least are British. You have a British passport. You have something that proves your identity as a British citizen. But I also see a couple of foreigners back there that have Romanian passports. And their Romanian passport identifies them as Romanian. They're not British. Mine happens to be a blue passport instead of your burgundy one, which identifies me as an American citizen. But that's my identity, your name, your nationality, the family that you came from, come from. We represent different races here this evening. 
The fact is, is that depending upon where we come from in the world, even within those nations, there are different races of people that come and we are identified by the races. We were identified oftentimes by the way we dress, the different styles. They may come from our cultures. They may come from society itself. We're identified by how we speak. We all claim to speak English, but we don't all speak it the same way. Sometimes we use different words, and we certainly have different accents. And you can tell where someone comes from. Where I was preaching this morning, I was preaching to people from Liverpool. When a Liverpudnian speaks, is very different from when a Brummie speaks. That accent identifies them from what part of the world that they are in, and each and every one of us. I could live here. I've, I've, I've lived here for more of my adult life than, I, than I've lived in America, but... I still couldn't fool you into thinking that I was British as soon as you heard me speak because I am identified by those things that identify me. Those things also maybe it may be the education. Sometimes you can tell when someone speaks that that they come from uh, an, an, a background where they have less education versus more education. Sometimes the wealth because they speak very posh or they want you to at least think that they come from a cultured background even when they're trying to you sometimes. We just had an election on Thursday, and of course many people identified themselves as to whether they were conservative or whether they were labor or whether they were liberal Democrat or maybe they were something totally entirely different, the Green Party or UKIP or whoever that it might have been, but each one was identified by that. We're identified many times by the kind of work that we do. We're identified in the, the world system by all kinds of things. You have your national insurance number that identifies you uniquely from every other person that lives in this country. I have one of those too. I also have a social security number, which is a similar thing, which separates me from all those other Americans in the American system because that's my tax number. They know that that is me and not anybody else. We could have the same names. We could all be Americans, all these things, but those numbers distinguish us. We have different bank accounts. We have account numbers that, that prove that and what they are. We can have employee numbers where we work that make sure that you get the right pay packet and not somebody else's. You're locked up in prison. You've even got a number to identify you. I hope that you don't get to experience that one. But what are you? I'm saying that I'm asking you this evening, just as these evil spirits were asking these here, who are you? Who are you? You see, all of these identities are things in our lives. There are things around us in the world all the time that identify us for who we are. When I get up and look in the mirror in the mornings, it may not be the same face that I saw last year or 10 years ago or 30 years ago, but it's still me. I know that that's me that I'm looking at because of the image that it's, that it's portraying. The thing is, what I want to ask you this evening, you may know all of those things about yourself, but we're talking from this passage here this evening, who are you spiritually? You see, these evil spirits, it was obvious here that, that God, God had blessed and used the Apostle Paul in a special way, and he'd given him the ability to be able as an apostle to, to reach out and, and to touch people and to, to heal those diseases and to do all these things. But then there were these others that came along, and they were trying to identify themselves just like the Apostle Paul was, as one of these that could do these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And they came along and they started trying to, to do these things and they were saying, you know, this, this Jesus that, 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 that Paul preaches, that's who it is. They didn't know him personally. They knew him only through the Apostle Paul. But they couldn't do that. I'm asking you this evening spiritually, who are you? Even the devils of hell can tell the difference between a genuine and a fake article. Too many people today, they've taken on a false identity. They're claiming to be Christian. They're claiming to be part of God's family. They're claiming to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, just as these here, they aren't really. 
And even the devils in hell can look at you and say, I, I know who Jesus is, and I know who Paul is, and I know who they can name the name of any of those believers, but who are you? Who are you this evening spiritually? You are identified. Your identity is certain, is specific to you. There's nobody else in the world that has that same identity, whether it's by your photograph or by your fingerprints or by the iris of your eyes or whatever it is. All these things identify you specifically. But what identifies you in God's eyes this evening? You see, it's not really what men think and who men think that you might be, but I'm asking you, who are you in God's truth? You see, this is the only way you can find that out. And it's the only place that you can go. Because in the end, the Bible tells us that it doesn't really matter what men think about us and what men can do to us. One day, we're going to be judged by our Creator, and He's going to judge us from these books, not men's books. Who are you this evening? Your identity is certain. But you know, identities are chosen. You're not Daniel Alexandru because you decided one day, I'm going to be born and be Daniel Alexandru. The truth is your parents chose that name for you. Sometimes the choice is not ours. Sometimes the things that identify us are chosen by others. Sometimes we choose nicknames. Because we want to impress somebody that we can do something specific and we want to choose this nickname that identifies us about something that we are or something that we do. And of course, sometimes other people choose nicknames for you <laughs> because of things that you remind them of or things that you do. And sometimes we like them and sometimes we don't. But they're there to identify you. And they are, there are identities that are chosen. People choose titles. It may be Dr. So-and-so. It may be your name with a list of about 20 characters after it that tells all of the education and intelligence that you're supposed to possess from man's centers of learning. But we choose all kinds of titles, whether it's doctors and nurses and teachers, and the list can go on and on and on. People choose names and titles others company designate everybody in the company is not the directing manager managing director <laughs> everybody in the company is not the manager or the supervisor there are different titles that define the job that you do and who you are and those titles are chosen they're not something that's just automatic we find that if you look with me into the book of Philippians chapter 2 I want to remind you that there was one called Jesus, and Jesus chose his identity. Look what he says in, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Some say Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, I got news for you. You've never read the Bible. Either Jesus was God or he was the biggest liar that ever walked the face of this earth. And we find here that being in the form of God, he was not bothered at all to be equal with God because he was as much God as God the Father. But notice what it says in the next verse. But... Though he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus identified himself as God, but Jesus identified himself. He chose to be identified with you in your humanity. He chose to be identified with your sins on your behalf. He chose to come to this earth. He chose to die on your behalf. He chose to be nailed to that cross so that you could be forgiven. He says, 
Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Praise God. God has chosen to give him a name that is higher than any name that anybody can be identified. The name of Jesus Christ. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Preacher, where he said, I'm saying, you are unique. Who are you? Who are you in God's eyes? Who are you in the light of his truth? You see, there are things that make you who you are, and you can't deny it. You can pretend to be something else. But there are things that identify you certainly as who you are. There are identities that are certain to you. There are identities that are chosen by you. Jesus chose to be identified with us. Now, we could look at many, many, many passages, but if you look back into Matthew chapter 4, we could look at this time and time and time again in other places, but I want to just show you two places here, and I want to remind you in Matthew chapter 4, notice what he says beginning in verse 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee, John the Baptist. Now, remember, this is the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. He shows up and is baptized by John the Baptist. And immediately after that, he's taken away into the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days, where Satan comes to bring all those temptations upon him, and then where he's ministered to by angels. And then he comes down. And when Jesus heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtalim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people, we sang about this, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. May I say to you, Jesus began his earthly ministry by saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand today. Today we live in a world where repentance is a bad word. We want people somehow to be brought into this social gospel where everything is just hunky-dory. Folks, there's only one way that you can be identified with God in heaven. There's only one way. Jesus chose to be identified with you. But Jesus, when he came into this earth, he chose and he brought this message, repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And of course, if we go and we know that he wants you to be in that kingdom with him. Notice what he does next in verse 18. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Their identity was about to be changed. They were already known as professional fishermen in this world, fishermen that fished for fishes and brought in all these, these netfuls of fish. But Jesus said, follow me. You're going to be somebody different now. You're going to be identified differently. No longer will you be identified as fishermen catching fish. You're going to be identified as fishers of men. And they straightway, left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. They immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. We find that Jesus, Jesus chose these men. He chose that their identities would be changed. He chose that they would no longer be known by their profession in this world, but that they would be known for what they did for him. That's what the people would know them for.
Look with me into Acts chapter 9. I want you to know that if you're saved this evening, it's because that God has chosen that you be saved. And we'll look at that in just a moment. But I want to show you something. As a matter of fact, look with me into Ephesians chapter 1. Just in case you got any doubts. In Ephesians chapter 1, notice what he says here in verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The only way you're ever going to be holy and without blame is to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to realize Jesus Christ chose James and John and Peter went a-fishing. We used to sing as, as kids. <laughs> we find that Jesus chose these men to follow him, and they did. You see, they were chosen, but they had a choice to make too. God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. I want you to know God already knew that he was going to do everything that was necessary for your salvation. Jesus went to the cross to die for you. I was listening, coming back down the motorway today as I was listening to, 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 to don't tell anybody, to some of that old southern gospel music on, on the radio. And I loved the song I was trying to sing along with them on the radio. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind this evening. Who are you? You're like no other human being, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Who are you in the light of God's truth? Who are you in his eyes? You see, identities are certain. You have an identity that belongs to nobody else. Identities are chosen Jesus has chosen you to be identified with him. But they cast their nets. They left their families. They immediately, they were willing to sacrifice all, the Bible says, to follow Jesus. That's what repentance is all about, folks. That's the message he preached. Turn you back on the old life and follow him. Follow Jesus wherever he leads you. Follow him. In Acts chapter 9, we find that he not only chooses you to be identified with him in salvation, but notice in Acts chapter 9, he's speaking about another one of the apostles here. And he begins at verse 1, he says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, uh, went unto the high priest. Saul, who's he identified as here? He's identified as probably the number one enemy against the church and against God's people, although he thinks he's doing God a favor. He's convinced in his own self. He's so deceived in himself that he thinks he's doing what God wants. But here he is, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the followers of the Lord, against his disciples. He goes to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, of what way? Those that were following Christ. Whether they were women or men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. He's leaving, and he's going, and he's gotten permission that any of these people that are followers of Jesus Christ, that he can bind them up, that he can lock them up, that he can carry them back to jail in, in Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou? Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now remember, this is his first step. Because right now, he's tried to identify himself with God. Now, this is the same Paul that we read about earlier that others were trying to identify themselves with him and the Jesus that he knew. But first of all, before Paul ever got to that position, his identity was changed. He himself met Jesus. And he didn't know, Lord, Lord who are you? He came to recognize that Jesus was the Lord, who Jesus Christ was. And Jesus is telling him, first of all, to go into the city, and he shall be told what he must do. This first step, of course, is his own salvation. He's got to be changed from an enemy of the cross to a friend of the cross. And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man he was blinded. But they led him by the hands and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Ananias, Ananias already belonged to God. Ananias, I need you to go somewhere for me. There's somebody else that we want to bring into the family. I need you there, Ananias. He says, and as seen in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. He's looking for the way, Ananias. I want to use you to bring him to that point to where he has sight again. But then Ananias answered, Lord, <laughs> I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Paul had an identity amongst the Christians and meant he wasn't their friend. I've heard from a lot of people, man, this is one evil dude. Lord, you want me to go and talk to this guy? You ever felt like God's telling you to go talk to somebody that you, I mean, I know you wouldn't admit it, but that you thought, God, are you in your right mind? Do you really think that person could ever be a Christian? Do you think they would ever, if I go there, do you know what they're going to say to me? Do you know what they're going to do to me? I tell people I can still remember. You know, all the people that I've ever witnessed to in all my life, there's only been a handful of times when anybody got violent. The first I was a teenager, and the youth were out doing door-to-door -door work, and we went to visit, and I can, I, can, I can recall this guy that came out so angry because we were trying to witness to him, and this was one of those front porches like a lot of those American houses. It, it, was, it, was, it was even higher than that. Of course, it was even higher as, as a kid, me looking up there. But when he hit me and knocked me off of that back out into the garden, it was really high then. He didn't want anything to do with that one called Jesus. I'm saying, folks, Ananias has been chosen here to do a job for the Lord. He is sending one that he'd already chosen to be identified with him, to do a specific task for him. But listen, listen what it says after that. I, Lord, I, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Do you realize he's been given authority to lock me up because I'm identified with you? But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. Why? For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and king and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I know he's identified as an evil person. I know that you don't see any hope for this guy. I know that you see all the things that he could do to you. But listen, I've chosen him. He is a chosen vessel. He's the one. He's a chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. You see, God chooses you to follow him just like he did every one of these. 
But God not only chooses that, the Bible says that he's chosen all of us before the foundation of the world. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Jesus wants you to know with absolute certainty that you're the genuine article, that you belong to him. You're not doing something religious because of what you've seen somebody else do or in somebody else's name. You're doing it because you have been chosen by him and you've chosen to follow him just like these apostles did. And faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. When he chooses you to do a specific task for him, you got two choices. When he chooses you to be his child, you can either follow him or not. You can hang on to your worldly things. You can hang on to your nets. You can stay right there with your family. Whatever excuses you want to come up with, you can use any of them. What it really comes down to, will you follow him or will you not? Will you repent and turn your back on your sins and on this world? Will you turn and go a completely different direction and follow the Lord Jesus Christ? When God chooses you, who are you? Are you God's chosen vessel? Has God chosen you? First of all, have you accepted his invitation to come to him and to have your sins forgiven and to be identified with him as a little Christ, as a follower of Christ, as a Christian? Have you accepted that invitation to follow him? As a child of God, has God chosen you to do a specific work, a specific task Something for him. It may look impossible. It may seem like there's absolutely nothing that could ever come of this. But God says you're forgetting something. <laughs> I've already chosen that person too. I've already chosen the outcome of this. You see, identities are certain. But identities are chosen in many different ways. You have some choices this evening as to how you're going to be identified who are you? Look over just a few pages, Acts chapter 11. In Acts chapter 11, notice what it says in verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen, these, the Christians had been persecuted. Stephen had been stoned to death. Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. They were out of persecution They'd gotten out of Jerusalem. Finally, God had told them in the first place. It took the persecution to get them out of Jerusalem, but they were preaching the word of God, and God was saving souls. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Go and see what in the world is going on over there. Who, when he came, he had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. <laughs> it was persecution that got them there. But it was the preaching of the word. Many people began to believe. And when they were being made fun of, they were being made light of because <laughs> these are a bunch of those Jesus followers. They're like little Christ. <laughs> They're just like him. You see, who are you this evening? Are you called a Christian because of your certain identity that people look at you and they know that you're a Christian? They didn't go around saying, I'm a Christian. They were preaching Jesus, and others knew that they were Christians, that they were followers of Christ because of who they were. Identities are certain. Identities are chosen. 
But identities can be changed. All of these identities were changed. <laughs> these disciples that were first fishers of fish became fishers of men. Saul of Tarsus became the Apostle Paul because he was one that was feared because of being against the church. That we find that he became one that was the greatest friend of the church. Identities can be changed. What did we read there a moment ago in, in the book of Ephesians? When it said there in, in Ephesians chapter 1, we left off in, in, in verse 4 when it says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. You see, identities are changed. Who are you this evening? Because when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to still be the same old person. If you're still the same person you were, something, something's wrong. You didn't get the real article. You like some of these that we first read about here that may be trying to do all kinds of things in the name of Jesus, but you've never met Jesus yourself. You've seen him in other people's lives. You've heard about him in other people's lives. But who are you? Who are you? Have you become one of his? Has your identity been changed? You see, yours can be changed. Chosen in love to be holy and without blame. That's the predestination. You see, it's predetermined. If you are a child of God, yes, I know you still fight against that old sinful flesh every day of your life. But praise God, one day you will be just like him. You will be conformed. Because if you've been chosen, you've been called. If you've been called, you've been justified. If you've been justified, you've been glorified. Past tense. Done. God don't do any halfway jobs. We talked about, we've talked about many times. If Jesus Christ comes into your life, you are a changed person, chosen and loved to be holy and without blame, adopted by God to be his child, he says here, accepted in the family of God, redeemed by the blood, forgiven of our sins, given a godly wisdom and understanding that's beyond this world because they will never, the carnal cannot understand the spiritual thing. It's not because you're smarter. It's not because you're more clever. It's because of the Jesus that lives inside of you that he, we give you an understanding that this flesh can never have. Identities are certain. Who are you? Not anybody else. Who are you today? Who are you in God's eyes? Who are you in the light of his truth? Identities can be chosen. You have been chosen by God to be saved, I know. Have you truly accepted that? Have you followed him? Have you been willing to say, forsake it all? Nets, business, family, whatever. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's the priority. Have you been willing to do that? Has God chosen you as a believer to do some specific work for him? And yet, you got all the excuses in the world, but you've not genuinely done what God has chosen you to do. Whatever the past is, I'm saying right here, right now, your identity can be changed. <laughs> you can be called a Christian because you're so much like Christ that people see Christ in you not because of what somebody else says or what somebody else does, but because of the Christ that lives in you. I don't have time for this because I know time's getting away from us. Man, no clocks in heaven. Praise God. No time in heaven. <laughs> it's eternity. It doesn't matter. Praise God. But identities can be confusing. Boy, there's a lot of people that are confused in their identities today. <laughs> but identities can become very confusing. That same Peter that was chosen there, that same Peter 
when the Lord was trying to prepare his disciples, when he was going to be carried away and nailed to that cross, that same Peter that stood there and swore, Lord, the rest of them might deny you, but I'll never deny you, Lord. Let them do what they want. There's no way. The Lord had to look at him and say, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. You remember what happens next? Oh, they take Jesus away, and they take him through all the false trial, and he's there in the judgment hall, and there's Peter off in the wings on the side. Somebody looks, oh, he's one of those that belongs to that guy. He's one of those that's identified. Oh, no, no, not me, not me. Somebody, oh, he is. I know he's one of those. Jesus, no, not me, no way. About an hour later, somebody else. Peter's swearing, no way. I don't belong to him cursing, the Bible says. He's trying his best to now be identified with the world. The one that promised he would never deny him. Remember, he looks over at Jesus. Jesus doesn't have to say a word, does he? He just sees him, looks him in the eye. Peter wept bitterly. Peter knew what he had done. You see, Peter belonged to the Lord. He claimed he'd never, ever deny the Lord, that he'd always be there with him. And yet when the pressures of the world came on in, he just wanted to kind of fit in. But there's something else about that. You know, even when Peter was just trying to fit into the crowd, i got news for you. If you really belong to God, you'll never fit in with the crowd again. They knew there was something different about that guy even when he was trying to fit in. He wasn't out there broadcasting. He was trying to deny that he was a follower of Jesus Christ, and yet they still kept seeing something in that guy. He's one of those followers. If you really, who are you this evening? If you really do belong to him, you're not going to be able to hide it. And you see that same Peter became confused because sometimes people, people say that they're one thing, but their life doesn't show it. It gets confusing. It's like, you know, I can stand up here and I can, I can, and I can tell you, who do you want me to be? I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't have the hair for it. No. <laughs> I can tell you till you're blue in the face I'm Donald Trump. Are you going to believe I'm Donald Trump? Why not? I'm saying I'm Donald Trump. If I want to be Donald Trump, I'll be Donald Trump. Truth is, we can claim to be things all in the world. But your identity is certain. You might fool some people, but you won't fool the Lord. And even the devils in hell know whether you're real or not. You may, as a child of God, your identity, just like Peter's, it may become confusing sometimes. Who are you? On the one hand, you're saying you're going to follow the Lord no matter what. And on the other hand, you're trying to just fit into the crowd and not be identified with him. You see, identities can become confusing. You know what? I wish I had time for all of this. The identity of many of the churches became confusing in Revelation, Ephesus, Pergamos, Laodicea, all of these churches. You know what Jesus' message was to them? Repent. <laughs> Repent. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Listen to what God says. Repent. John said in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, this evening, I want you to answer honestly. Nobody else in here knows. Nobody else can answer it for you. Who are you? Who are you? Are you really? Are you really one that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ? He's chosen you to be his follower. I know without a shadow of a doubt. But have you chosen to follow him? Have you chosen to turn your back on the sin and the world and follow Jesus wherever it takes you? Your identity, you are who you are and nobody else. And when you stand before God one day, you will be the one facing God. God knows who you are. But who are you this evening? See, your identity is certain, and God knows you. Identities are chosen. God has chosen you to be his child. 
And only you, nobody else can choose. If I could choose for you, I would. Only you can choose whether you're going to follow him or not. God chooses who he will to use, where he will use, how he will use in his service. If God has chosen you, then I would implore you, there is no other path in life. Who are you? Are you truly following him? Do others know that by the life? Identities can be changed. It's changed when you become a child of God. But even as a child of God, you see this same Peter, even though his identity became confusing, look what it says in Acts chapter 2. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2. And I promise you, I'm coming to the end fairly soon. Acts chapter 2. I, don't, I won't read all this to you, but you can read it yourself, and I'm sure you've already read it before. Verse 14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken my words. And he goes down and he explains. He says, These are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. I know these guys are kind of strange and acting different, but they're not drunk. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know what? He went on to preach Jesus to them. That same Jesus that they had crucified. He preached the gospel to them. He's talking here of the last days that I believe with all my heart that you and I are living in. When we were on outreach Saturday and you should have all been there. But those of us that were out there, there was one guy came along, and I hope he really was a Christian. But he came along and he started telling me that September the 21st or 23rd, which was it, brother? It was your birthday, wasn't it? Amen. <laughs> that that's, that's when the Lord's coming back. <laughs> and he'd worked it out because of the signs of the times and all these things. And, you know, I came to the point, I said, well, I agree with just about everything you're saying as far as the signs of the times and all these things that you're talking about that are coming to pass, but... Where did you come up with September 21st? He came up with something. I said, you know, I said, you know, the only thing we believe, you think you still got till September 21st. It wouldn't surprise me if he comes back before we leave this street here in New Street in Birmingham City Center today. I don't think there's anything stopping him right now. Oh, no, it's going to be September 21st. Well, I hope he was a confused uh, identity, but truly a child of God. But you see here, Peter that same Peter, that his identity had got confusing. That same Peter, boy, there's nothing confused about him now that he's full of the Holy Spirit and God's got a hold of him. And he stands up there and you can read all those words. He go down through there where he's preaching Jesus to them. But then get down to verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Oh, there's that word again. Repent. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus. Every one of you. You have a certain identity. You are who you are. Nobody can do this for you. Who are you? Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have to. You have to accept Jesus Christ. But when you do repent and when you receive Jesus Christ, the Bible says if you don't have the Spirit, you're none of His. It's only the Holy Spirit that moves in that will see you to the day of redemption. If your salvation depended on you, i got news for you. You probably couldn't hang on long enough. But you didn't save yourself. He did. And when He saves you, He moves in. And He takes up residence. For the promise, listen, is unto you and to your children 
and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That includes you tonight. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people right there, man, they just, they just had their identity changed. <laughs> they became a child of God. Identities must be confirmed. Look over in chapter 14. Verse 4 says, How be it many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. <laughs> 5,000 more got their identity changed. Down in verse 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There's no explanation for this. Pardon the expression, but they're saying, these guys are just a bunch of dumb, educated fishermen. Well, listen at them. Man, they've been with Jesus. Jesus promised them, huh, leave those nets behind, and I'll make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. They knew them because of who they were, because of where they had been. And the Bible goes on. And the Bible tells about this great work that was done there. But notice in verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. You see, that's where your identity will be confirmed. <laughs> if, I promise you, if the Holy Spirit is present within you, that's where your boldness will come from. I've underlined them in my Bible. There's at least four ingredients right there in chapter 4, verse 31. Four ingredients that are necessary for boldness in your Christian walk. When they had, what's the next word? Prayed. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Prayer. Fellowship one together. When they were praying, they were assembled together. They spake the word. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They spake the word of God with boldness. Prayer. Christian fellowship, the filling of the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. I don't care, and I guarantee you, I don't mean it nasty, but God don't care what you've got to say. It's what God's got to say that will change lives. And it will change lives. You see, are you willing to confirm who are you this evening? Are you willing to confirm who you are? Is it evident in your life? We could look at many things, and I've got a lot of other things in my notes that we're going to leave there for tonight, though. But I'll remind you this. Jesus, the first recorded message of Jesus in Scripture was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His message to the churches of all ages was repent. And for him that has an ear to hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, he began with a message of repentance because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. The very last message recorded from him in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20 is surely I come quickly. The message never changed. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent because I'm coming quickly. Repent because Jesus Christ can return at any moment. Who are you? Where will you be when he comes back? You see, Jesus' first words to Peter was, follow me. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Peter, follow me and I'm going to change your identity. I'm going to change who you are. Peter, people are going to know you for something totally different. They're going to know you for what you're doing for me, not what you're doing in this world. I don't care how important your job is. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're one of those people that's got the greatest fame because you're some great pop star or some great movie star and your name's plastered over everything out there. 
Who are you in God's eyes? Not in the world's eyes. Who are you in God's eyes this evening? You see, Peter did fall, and he did stumble, and he did falter. But notice the scene recorded for us in John chapter 21. John closes out his gospel with a conversation of Jesus telling Peter the kind of death that Peter would face. You know what his closing words were to Peter there again? In John 21, 22, Peter, this is what's going to happen, Peter. Follow thou me. Just come with me, Peter. This is what the world's going to do to you. Come on, Peter. Follow me. Look what they did to me, Peter. They're not going to treat you nicely. It's not in this world that you're going to receive your reward. You see, to identify with Jesus Christ, it requires repentance from beginning to end. It requires following Jesus Christ where he takes you. A simple question. Only you can answer it. And I sure hope you will answer it honestly this evening because only you and God know the answer to it. I don't know it. Your spouse doesn't know it. The people that know you the best in the world, they don't know it. Who are you in God's eyes? Have you been identified with him? Do you know that you're a child of God this evening? I sure hope so. Has your identity got confused sometimes? Well, it does, even for true believers, as it did with Peter. But you see, if God's called you, you're his chosen vessel. And God has a work for you this evening. Who are you? Are you known for what you're doing for the Lord and his kingdom? Or are you known by this world for all kinds of other things? Only you can answer honestly this evening. I'm asking, please, answer in the light of his word, his eyes. Who are you? And you know what? I don't care if you've messed up terribly. I don't care if you failed to do what you needed to do every day of your life up until now. What Jesus wants for you right now is the same thing that he asked of these apostles, these disciples that followed him back then, is just repent and follow me, he says. Confess your faults. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right now, who are you? What do you want to be in God's eyes? You see, I believe with all my heart, that's what will bring you real peace in this life. That's what will make your life worth living. That's what will give you that peace that passes all understanding that doesn't make sense when you're in the midst of the worst of the troubles. You'll have that peace that this world can't give you this evening. Who are you, Father? I trust and pray that you'll take and just use this simple question. We see that, Lord, there were these that, well, they were trying to do religious things, <laughs> because of what they've seen others do and because of doing it in somebody else's name. But, Lord, they weren't genuine. <laughs> Even the devils knew that they weren't. Lord, this evening I've, I've asked as sincerely as I know to answer this question personally. Who are you? Who are we in your eyes in light of your word? Because that's what really matters. And I trust and pray that these this evening and these that may listen to this message later on, on, on the Internet or whatever, that they would answer truthfully, who are they? Do they really belong to Jesus Christ? Have they had that identity change made in their lives because they chose to repent, to turn from their sins, to turn from this world, and to follow Jesus Christ, to trust Him no matter what? Repent and follow Him. Follow Him right to the end. And, Lord, there may be those here this evening or those listening later that they do belong to you. They know that. They've allowed their identity to become a little confused. Sometimes they may have just kind of tried to blend into the scenery so that they weren't noticed rather than being identified as one of your followers. Lord, I pray that you just work in each and every one of our hearts this evening. Help us not to be ashamed. Help us to be identifiable because of the reality of the Christ that lives within us, because, Lord, not just the words that we speak, but the lives that we live because, Lord, when we come to you, when we repented and gave our lives to you, believe 
You promised us, Lord, that whosoever shall believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Help us to follow you in everything that you want for us. We give you the praise and the thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.